1: Drafting a pros versus Joe's team on the FFPC. That's what we're doing today on Stealing Bananas, a special edition of Stealing Bananas. We're live on the on the ship chasing airwaves. I'm Ben Gretch. Sean Siegel is here. Pete is not, but Pat is to hang out with us while we draft. We're picking out of the 12 slot. Let's do it.
2: We are. You look at ADP for FFPC, best ball tournaments, okay. and... Wide receivers are the best pick all the way down. And that is both very fun and probably not the optimal way to approach a best ball draft. But Let's we'll say that. We know. have
3: four picks into a main event, and uh, it's wide, re- wide receiver, wide receiver, <laughs> wide receiver, wide receiver. <laughs> wide receiver.
2: <laughs> yeah, but those, those turtles keep going. So, I mean, six, eight. At yeah. some point, the roster construction explorer, the research out there, does tell you to stop. Can we just ignore the research? We just keep yeah. taking wide <laughs> this today. I'm down, Sean. Our uh, yeah, our
1: main that just started. We have the 111, um, and we we went. Uh, what what is it? AJ Brown, Lamb, Debo, and DK Metcalf, which is a pretty fun start. We got some pretty good values at each of those turns. So
3: spoilers for the mini episodes. Yeah,
4: I guess, I guess I shouldn't have mentioned that. I just was thinking about it. Spoiler alert. All right, we won't spoil I, I was spoiling Pete's draft last night. I'm just I'm spoiling <laughs> around here. Travis Kelsey there...
1: goes 101
2: and then chasing Jefferson. So we're already off and running. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, huge weapon in this format. As I was mentioning on our preview show, his results have been so good that it makes every other running, every other position in the first round look bad. <laughs> over the recent history (laughs) obviously if you don't have travis kelsey you are going to have to take a different position you could reach for mark andrews here how how early is too early for mark andrews and tight end premium i mean we were thinking about him in the early second round and i was
3: making the case that i think he's gonna land at the one two turn when it's all said and done um you know like when we're live in vegas he was going there last year and i i'm I feel better about, I feel just as good about him and better about the Ravens. So I'm like, why am I not interested in Mark Andrews in the late first again? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I would be, and there's, it kind of gets a little flat right around here. Right. So if you were to take, if someone were to take him right
2: now, I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Bijan Robinson, at least in the drafts that I participated in, if you track the ADP tools a little bit, you saw Robinson, For a few days there, maybe sliding a little bit, it seems like he's pretty well reestablished himself as a straightforward first-round pick. We know he's going to go in this format a little bit earlier than others because you have the double flex. You can get four running backs in there if you so desire. Ben, was there (coughs) a final decision on zero RB versus robust running back in this draft? I'm still trying to get you on Barkley Taylor at the... uh, one, two. <laughs>
1: yeah, We John and I have done a little bit, a, a little bit, a very little bit, like exchanging two emails of planning for this. If you want to check out the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, and a, and a show. That's right. <laughs> I guess we did a whole podcast. A little bit. Um, but Just a little. Just a I got to mention, Daigle getting Cooper Cup at the 108. Our buddy John Daigle. Nice start for him. Very nice start for Daigle. Sticks. Eckler goes seven. Diggs goes nine. Sean, the Barkley-Taylor start that you were floating, well, Barkley just went. So, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do it. Uh, I was really in. I was really in. But, unfortunately, we are not going to be able to do it. What I was
3: about to say was yes.
4: (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I was totally down. (laughs) So, we still have A.J. Brown and Ceedee Lamb on on the board. Amon Ross saying Brown on the board. More wide receivers on the board. We're gonna we're gonna have plenty to choose from. Taylor, I think is very much a viable option in this range. Lamb does go, but I I personally I like these receivers so much that it's, and, and especially in the, in the FFPC format, I just like I, I want to be deep at receiver. I guess I don't know. What are you thinking, Sean? Well, I'm
2: almost a little tempted in these drafts to play against the guys i'm actually taking you have aj brown and Devonte adams as ultra efficient superstars when i drafted with pat the other day i kind of nudged us off Devonte adams which is always tough because it's Devonte adams I mean, but we you're not drafting with guys, pat i i don't i don't want to take Adams. we're down to 20 seconds
1: i'm just here to hang but, out i'm okay with aj brown for sure but you want garrett wilson or Amon-Ra, yeah, or, or, I, I, yeah. Garrett Wilson. Let's take Garrett Wilson, and then I I, I could go either way with AJ Brown and Amon-Ra, St. Brown. I I told you in our little quick back and forth uh, a Garrett Wilson, Amon-Ra, St. Brown start. I mean that's that's fun. Like it's yeah, like we're projecting breakouts. They're not the established superstars. It's not Devontae Adams, but like you know, what, what are you gonna do? Like you,
4: you,
3: you just project the next superstars. That's that's the that's the more fun thing to do. Yeah, project the next superstars. Oh, sorry <laughs> yeah. this comment. Um, break well, room. <laughs> might as well take Brees. Yeah, I love it. We could have went Taylor Brees, Sean. We could have
1: started
2: robust with Taylor Brees. Yeah, you got the guys who are going to go one, two in, in next year's draft. Yeah, Where go. were we on that a second ago? You mentioned you have to bet on a little bit of projection. I've I've got an article about to come out looking at the top or the best pick in the first five rounds of FFPC main event and fantasy pros drafts. Then we're going to try and win the main event this year. Maybe that will be on a team we draft with Pat. Obviously that would be fun. Bring that that. element in there. I mean, my prediction the other day on the show was that Pat's going to go back to back win a million plus two years (laughs) in a row. So, I mean, no pressure, (laughs) but back to back. (laughs) Yeah, no pressure. (laughs) So we have, um, Wait, Sean, you're going
1: to write an article soon about the best pick in the main event. I'm trying to think of who that would be because you just wrote a great article about Brees Hall. You just wrote another great article about uh, JSN, who would be probably my two biggest guesses. So um, I'm interested. Well, I just want to ask,
2: you guys said that you picked DK Metcalf the other day at the 3-4, is that right? Was there any consideration of just taking the best player? <laughs> yeah. so that's there was, there was, it was. We did Before do that, we that left for
4: the mini sodes you, you gotta listen to the mini sodes but so this um, this is our
3: start in reverse order the, out of the 11. Um, this isn't hitting the audio waves, and we've already teased it, so we might as well just fully spoil our first four picks We took Debo at the 311 uh over DK, and we we're like, all right, all right, room, you can have DK. We're not, you can't force us into DK makeup. And then the guy at the 12 just didn't take him, so then we we're like. At the 402, Sean, I think that's
2: somewhat defensible. Do you disagree? No, I, I have some shares of Metcalf at the 3 4 turn. Because so I think that once he gets to that point, he is interesting. In the case where one of the things in looking at JSN are that, I mean, you have rookie receivers who have come into loaded receiver groups before and dusted those guys. And yet you also have a case where Calvin Ridley comes out and puts up some big numbers along with peripheral receivers and tight ends on that Falcons team, putting up big numbers and Julio Jones goes absolutely scorched earth. If DK Metcalf fills that role this year, then I think of the three, four turn is a place where, I mean, you would want to get a little bit of exposure. Metcalf is probably mildly overrated in terms of how people think of him as an NFL
4: player from that, that,
2: you know, that combination of talent and skill together. And yet, I mean, he has the size, he has the athleticism He's going to be in what seems like a at least mildly favorable offense. When you're getting those pieces, a monster season, if teams t- t- try to take away Ty Lockett, if they try and take away JSN, which I kind of don't think is possible, I think it's kind of like t- trying to take away Cooper Cup or trying to w- take away Christian McCaffrey. But if they do that, I mean, you could see DK Metcalf go off for 15 touchdowns, in which case at the 3-4 turn, you probably want to have some shares.
3: Yeah, I don't have much of them, but that felt like a, you know, it, it is kind of a flat tier, so you could talk yourself into a number of other guys instead of DK. But, you know, we're going to see a lot of early third round DK Metcalf, I think. Um, We certainly are an underdog, and we'll probably see some of that here. Um And it, his ADP is more like mid-third, generally. So I was hoping maybe this is one of the cheap, cheaper shares we see, and then we can move on with our lives. Yeah, I think that makes sense.
1: I think I think your exact point was that we don't
3: have to worry about drafting him
1: anymore. We'll, we'll just go. Yeah, we just share won't, and then... we will <laughs> think about
3: DK Metcalf again, except on this team. Daigle <laughs> oh, exactly. with Cup uh, and Andrews. And yeah, I, I mean, a that's a fun draft. start in FFPC. That's a very For fun sure.
2: start. <clears throat> the article that I was doing a circling around job of teasing about the top pick in each of the first five rounds, in the first round, you don't want to go out and just, you know, pick justin jefferson which is obvious only one person gets that i went ahead and decided to take a guy with a round two adp as my best pick in round one it was garrett wilson we have selected him here i like that pick ben you mentioned in your it, projections I mean, back, that you
4: have back that up
2: a little bit yeah back up a little
4: bit <laughs> i, I want like to hear your take well we don't, don't make me I can, the I can, pick in the first round yeah, I, like I, that I broadcast with Sean a lot, so I, I I can hear him asking me to make a Garrett Wilson take, and I'm yeah. stopping you right now, and I'm asking this you is, to make the Garrett Wilson take. This is how take. Sean sets up questions. Yeah. Garrett like, I'm happy to make, make it another round. time, but you just said he's the best pick in the first round, so you yeah, have to you make it right now. You need to talk about that now. <laughs>
2: I, I was gonna, I was gonna lead Ben into Amon Ross St. Brown. And, uh, what? I, uh, I felt like Garrett Wilson in the first round. We'll get to Amonra. you talk about Garrett. For
4: it. <laughs> it speaks for itself. I know. That's exactly right. It's a Sean, a Sean take that um, he likes to throw in that speaks for itself.
2: Well, you pull up the fantastic Ceiling signals tool, which obviously is off of Ben's amazing brand. There, we have the Sports Info Solutions numbers in there. So, folks who are used to PFF, you're going to have to adjust a little bit mentally for what you're looking at there. But Justin Jefferson, Garrett Wilson, there side by side targets per route, 27% to 26% depth of target identical. Obviously then you get weighted targets per route identical. So this is the Garrett difference Zoom? there. Uh, Garrett Wilson and Justin Jefferson. <laughs> the difference there is that you get 10 yards per target for Jefferson, seven and a half for Garrett Wilson Garrett Wilson doing all that damage with the worst quarterback situation in the NFL looked utterly amazing in a situation that devastated Elijah Moore, a player that we have plenty of circumstantial evidence to believe is actually also very good. They get rid of Elijah Moore, who's the one guy in kind of a best case scenario who could have siphoned a ton of volume from Wilson. They replace him with these Green Bay castoffs. I mean, you're looking at a guy who is going to compete for that 30% target share, which Know puts him up with those guys going in the top five. One of my concerns is that Aaron Rodgers was actually terrible last season. And yet, even in that season, he created a year where Christian Watson could go for 9.6 yards per target and have that weighted targets per route in a range where you're looking at him as a potential breakout. And so, I mean, when you look through that situation, and you don't want to like put too much evidence into the puff piece stuff, but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is saying that Garrett Wilson is the new Devontae Adams so I mean at least this isn't a situation where he hates his guys which we know he's been in plenty of times that point
1: you just made I mean I've I've been in on Wilson but the point you just made about Rodgers even not playing particularly well last year but the way he elevated Christian Watson on a team that had Alan Lazard and had Randall Cobb and those guys but like he was like getting Watson his numbers like getting him the ball he mentioned it after that one game where Watson ran the wrong route in the red zone where he's like, you want to score the touchdowns, you want to win the offensive rookie of the year, like you got to run the right route or something like he made a little comment in, in, in a post game interview that has always stuck with me where like they were like force feeding Watson stats. The fact that he was able to do that last year and then then you add in the potential that maybe this is the Aaron Rodgers sort of, you know, FU tour. <laughs> right,
3: the Tom Brady to Tampa. Like, I, I want to in the in the red zone. I, I'll, I'll I'll buy that part of
1: it yeah, for sure. Like, he's gonna try to throw fifty touchdowns if he. And he's not gonna get there, but he's gonna try to. Like, right? Like, and and the Jets coaches are gonna let him. That's one of the things when you get Aaron Rodgers, you do whatever you can to keep him happy. Is but like, especially in year one. Like, I just I feel like that's probably a likely outcome there. So, if he feels that way about Garrett Wilson, and then he also maybe is playing better overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm even more excited about Garrett Wilson here hearing you talk about him. Excited for this article you're going to write up as well. Because that's you said you're going to name the best pick in every round. That was the teaser for, that was your first round pick. Well, you're going
3: that hot with pick. It wasn't even a teaser. It was a setup to get you to talk about Amon Ross St. Brown. So let's let's, uh, <laughs> let's give Sean what he wanted here and tell us about, well, I don't know. What, what was the question, Sean? I mean,
2: Amon Ross already at 30% target share. Right. All you got to do is generate... I mean, some efficiency. You're gonna mention Jameson Williams, who's like actually never gonna play at this point. So I mean. Yeah. You were gonna mention my
1: projections where yeah, Amon Rock comes in real hot above Devontae Adams, above CeeDee Lamb, above AJ Brown, wide receiver six. Cause I I mean it's not hard to project him for a lot of targets. And he's also been sneaky, really efficient despite being a low ADOC guy. Like he... We were talking about this the other day, Pat, but like the yak has been there. The 2.4 yards per out run last year for a slot guy, like a low A dot slot guy to be a 2.4 yards per out run guy is really impressive. It is really, it's like impressive. Cooper Cup type.
3: Yeah, because when you have an average depth of target that low, your yards per target is likely to be low. Yards per target is positively correlated with A dot. The deeper downfield you're targeted, the more yards you're likely to generate per target, because you get those splash play opportunities. Even if you catch the ball at a lower rate, when you do catch the ball, it, it means something. And for Aminrod, I mean, it just shows he's really good after the catch. He's really good, um, you know, at at kind of I don't. I mean, he's not. It's funny because he's not like this game breaking guy after the catch. But I guess he's just like he's just kind of cupish, right? He's just really solid, gets yards um, consistently after the catch. It's a, it's a very impressive number for his mm-hmm. eight
1: Sean, we are on deck. Only two receivers have gone in the third round. DK Metcalf and Deandre Hopkins. Interestingly, that is that area where a lot of names can fit into this sort of wide receiver, 15, wide receiver, 16 range after T Higgins, Devonta Smith have gone off and a wide receiver, 13 and 14. Typically four quarterbacks in this round, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, TJ Hawkinson went off the board. Calvin Ridley goes as well. Keenan Allen falls to us here. Debo is there for us. Josh Jacobs has also fallen here. I'm getting pretty concerned about a potential Josh Jacobs holdout. Jameer Gibbs did not make it back to us. He went 305.
2: That's sort of the group that I'm looking at. What are you thinking? Well, you talked going Allen, Samuel, and that's really hard for me to resist because I think those guys are two three-turn players. And yet we also discussed... Having some fun and putting some pressure on the room by going pitts Kittle, two guys who were completely out of position to take. That's one of the things you have to deal with when you're on the edge here, not in a position to take those elite tight ends that are so important for this format. We have 15 seconds. Which way are we going to think, go? Not that we have I to think, go with the same position, but it is fun.
1: Yeah, I think we leave the tight ends out there uh, because of another way we've talked about potentially playing the tight end position, which we'll get to, but we take Keenan Allen there. I, I mean, we don't have to play both the same position, we could go Keenan Allen Pitts, unless you want it. It'd be kind of fun to get it to get an anchor,
2: Kyle Pitts. Pat, we have 45 seconds here. Is can you make a pitch for Travis Etienne? Is there any chance that they'll let <laughs> him be their Jamal Charles? As opposed to, I know that you're actually pretty high on bigsby and i do try and grab him anytime he falls below adp but i'm mean, that's the question i'm trying to really parse there with the jaguars
4: uh, the issue with
3: etn i think he is so he's he's misunderstood right he's he's like he's more like a dalvin cook or something he's an explosion back he's his success rate was great but he wasn't that great as a receiver and they didn't use him much and they weirdly been talking about bigsby as a receiver which isn't really even his skill set so i'm just worried about the committee there i feel like if i was going to detour away i'd have We're
4: watch. not taking ETN. I'm really confused why Sean asked you about him. You're, you're not even in the draft, like on the clock. Like he was just running oh, I, down the clock. Was was, that was such a filibuster.
2: Like, he was going to convince us to possibly think about the right detour. Because, I mean, once... Well, you, that's I what mean, I
3: said. I said if I was going to take a detour, it would be for the most fun. And then... Ben immediately clicked Evo Samuel, but I was saying Pitts. I no, Sean.
4: Sean's Sean's on the one and two. Sean clicked Evo Samuel. He's, oh, uh, he's well I didn't convince you, Sean. No.
3: Well, I've done a bad job. I didn't convince Sean Siegel to take Kyle Pitts. I, I clearly, <laughs> I need to dial in a little bit more on this stream.
2: We it, do have a feel, fun way to play
3: tight end. It feels but. like a
2: mistake now. I, the, the yeah,
4: I
1: always Justin want to have you Herbert the, goes four 0 two. I mean, I like the pick. I was kind of like holding out some vague hope that he might come all the way back to 5-6 if we got Keenan at 3-4. I didn't know. Yeah,
2: 5 is what I'm seeing there for his ADP. Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't
3: likely to come all the way back to 5-6 in best ball. But Keenan and Debo are pretty sweet picks at, at the 3-4 turn, though, I have to say. Dude, we have a really fun receiver room. I mean, that's all that matters. <laughs>
1: Literally the only thing that I care about. Let's just keep taking (laughs) receivers. Can we take 20 receivers? I love this comment. If you're going to take a running back, why not the running back that is, in fact, a wide receiver? Debo Samuel. (laughs) Love it. So Josh Jacobs finally goes at 404. Sean, of all the names that we discussed there, you didn't even consider Jacobs. Can I take that to mean that you are as concerned as I'm starting to get about a holdout? He's been a guy who... Has talked about um, it's not about him; it's about the guys coming behind him and those types of things. Um, way back when he was a rookie coming into the league, there was a lot of talk about his, you know, maturity. Some of the stuff about his upbringing. I know there was uh, stories about how he lived in a van growing up, and you know, a hard upbringing. But how and it helped like raise his sisters, if I if I remember correctly. I don't want to mess that up, and I apologize if I am messing it up but the idea was that he was a very grounded human being as a result, or well, that was the point of a lot of those stories with Jacobs. He, he strikes me as the type of player that would care about the bigger picture. Is that something that you're feeling as well with Jacobs? Like I, I feel like he might actually hold out like and really push this, whereas Barkley has already signed and, and is back.
2: Well, I like Josh Jacobs, and I, I like anybody who is going to make – a really strong stand for whatever their personal integrity is asking them to do. I think that practically it may not work that way. I mean, you think about one of the things that's really hurt running backs. And the main thing is just that guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Joe Mixon are not going to age very well. Their teams are not going to want them. Josh Jacobs is probably somewhat similar. Although I think that, I mean, you could make a case certainly that he's better than Joe Mixon. The, the problem is that you have stuff like the Le'Veon Bell situation happen where a guy holds out and comes back and is completely washed, and that doesn't help, obviously, the the position. What you have to go out and do if you want to help the guys coming after you is that you have to go out there and play, put up another massive season, create a situation where you do have some more leverage, sign a big contract, go out there, and then perform at age 27, 28, 29, 30, things that are very difficult to do as a running back. But that would be the only way that you can really – Accomplish it, it seems like. I actually had some really cool notes about Jacobs in the Javante Williams piece that I'm working on. I felt a lot better about kind of where he is as a talent after working through some of those things. I do think that he could have a very nice 2023 season if everything falls into place. And yet at the same time, it makes some sense for them to take a little bit of work off of his plate. He traditionally has had trouble turning the broken tackles into actual yardage there's some real risk with the overall offense. I think that you get some profiles in this range that are still more appealing to me personally, even though I think it's very important to give Jacobs full credit for what he did last year and and what he could go do.
3: See, I think I would have taken, if I was uh, in your guys' shoes here, I would have taken him with one of those two picks. I don't know who I would have taken him. I like Keenan and Debo a lot, but – Maybe maybe Debo and PPR. I just I you know it's just like I think he is going to get the work. I think he's going to sign. I think he's going to get the work. And the thing about Jacobs is he strikes me as the type of guy that I mean actually, um, sacrilegious uh, was just on Pete's best ball breakfast stream talking through his um, his best ball data bowl submission and he had a really interesting uh, submission that he's looking at kind of advance rate as it's uh, sort of agnostic from the rosters that that these players are actually on. So he's able to kind of like substitute players onto all the other rosters and see what the advance rate would be with that one with like a appropriate swap. And Josh Jacobs (coughs) had a advance rate, an actual advance rate that was lower than it should have been. He was drafted by um, in general teams that, you know, weren't advancing to the rate that you would have expected, given how good his season if was. If you swapped him to all the other teams, then he would have advanced
1: at an even higher rate sort of thing. I, the, yeah. the, the best and part so about that could... is that Sky Moore was the
4: opposite. So the teams were taking was the Sky Moore were advancing those teams at a higher rate than they should have, and Josh Jacob drafters were advancing at a lower rate. And I, I told Zach I thanked him for bringing that note into my life. Well, it's a, it a double-edged sword there, because
3: it, it means – you know, okay, we're good at drafting generally. Uh, those of us who are taking Sky more because he advanced at a higher rate than he should have, but he was also like sort of even even worse pick than it seems. <laughs> it was, might have been the worst <laughs> pick on the
4: board, and we had a highlight he reel was, that we he was like played. Kenny Galladay level of. Um,
2: Did he score a fantasy um, point? How can he actually be a worse pick than he seemed? He seemed pretty he, bad. apparently he didn't he score any points. Zach really just. Described
4: him as a Kenny Galladay level pick. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a real body
3: bag moment for ship chasing. But uh, but I am also uh, criticizing the Boomers for not advancing Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, it's enough. just,
4: it's so I mean Six percentage points lower than he should have advanced was his actual advance rate. But I think that speaks
3: to the fact that Jacobs was better liked by maybe a, a more normie <laughs> drafter, shall we say? So I think... When when he signed, I think he is gonna sign, I think he will rise quite a bit in ADP. Like I, I think he could be in the middle of the second round, given what he did last year and with a new contract. Like, am I do you guys disagree with me? No, about that's that? a really
1: no? interesting interesting application of that data point that that's the type of person that would overdraft him from this point forward if he signs. But again, like I'm I'm legit worried he doesn't sign. Like, aren't you worried that he aren't you worried about aren't you worried about not that <laughs> worried?
3: He doesn't no. have any leverage. Saquon just signed. Saquon provided a path. Like, you know, one of these things, like he did. they could go, we'll give you a million dollars more in incentive than Saquon got. Yeah. He's not signing that. And I know. and technically he did do something for the guys who came out. Like, it's like you don't sign the franchise tag, you use the, that leverage to get a better version of the franchise tag. That's that's like a, a thing running backs can do now. So I, I yeah, think that's one did think. provide that path. No one. So they said that there's not,
1: uh, after that date, they can't negotiate a long-term deal. Right. And so the loophole was Saquon just negotiated a different one year deal that was right. better right. than the franchise tag. And that does provide an out for Jacobs as well to negotiate a much better one year deal. And like you said, it, it probably will have to come in higher than Saquon's to get him, to get him in. Cause you know, Saquon's been sort of criticized for not getting enough or, or folding or what have you, but um,
3: he obviously got so, something added. My uh, my feeling on this stuff is that I want my discount, you know, and then I'll then I won't be worried about it, right? But like I'm getting Jacobs at the three hundred nine, three hundred ten, sometimes in the early fourth. Like I'm getting a big discount, I think, relative to where he would be going, and I think that discount is only temporary. Um, he often goes after Brees Hall now, which makes it easy for me because I'm, I'm still taking Brees Hall ahead <laughs> of him. So, you know, but now it's like everyone's gone. Andrews is gone. You know, all the other running backs are gone. I, Josh Jacobs sitting there like to me, it's, it's an easy click right now. Our buddy Robert in the chat says, can't you guys start discussing your pick before
1: you get on the clock stressing me out? Maybe hasn't hung out on a lot of ship chasing streams before. This is basically what we do every time. We're like afraid to talk about it before we're on the clock.
2: Uh, looking at a few of these other, Just the, the final kind of little note there. I, I I agree with everything that Pat said. I for me, if Alan and Debo are still there, it's still not a big enough discount. I think.
1: Interesting job. Okay. Also recognizing my Ruben's beard. Nice work. I was going to say a couple of the other te- Well, we're on deck. I guess I guess we'll talk about some of the other teams coming up, but like a couple of the other teams' starts so far. Sean, we've gone four straight receivers. We're on deck. Deontay Johnson, Drake London, the last couple receivers off the board. At running back, we just had Alexander Madison and Miles Sanders go off. You floated an idea to me prior to this draft for this turn. It looks like we might even get a more fun version of that, is just the kind of... Note I'm gonna make back to you. The drafter ahead of us is down to 10 seconds on the clock. Just waiting until that pick comes in before we actually talk through this. So David Montgomery goes, Sean, you talked to me, float an idea of potentially hitting on some running backs in this range. J.K. Dobbins, one of your favorites, 5180p. That's like the third pick of the fifth round, has made it all the way back to us at 512. Uh, so now we get like the potential to hit some really interesting running backs in this range. He did land on PUP to start camp. They signed Melvin Gordon. Are you thinking about Dobbins here? Where are you at?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm thinking that Dobbins is, is the pick we have floated making some huge reaches here. We don't necessarily but Let's wait Cause to. they, they might make
1: it all the yeah. way back around to seven, eight. So let's not mention right. all of them right. quite yet.
2: Well, I was just going to uh, say destroy, not destroy the ADPs, but. But potentially hurt them some. We'll
4: just pretend like we don't like no one's gonna be able to figure out who those players are. We got J.K. Dobbins.
2: Um, Who do you want to do with the other one? Well, you had mentioned some interesting quarterbacks. We have Justin Fields here. Yeah, we do have
1: Justin Fields here. I'm happy to take Justin Fields at this price, 51.80p. Another player going in the early part of the fifth round. We would have an opportunity to take him at the very end of at at the at the 601. We could also take – I mean, DJ Moore is the other guy that's really fun. We could have taken them together. We did take Dobbins, so we can't do that. But uh, Godwin is the next receiver after Moore, a guy I really like as well. A lot of good options here because there's also the other uh, players that you wanted to reach on that I think are still in play. 14 seconds. I'll let you make the final call here.
2: No, throw it back to you. You have Godwin <laughs> with the same yeah. projection as the guys at the 4-5. I mean, the 3-4. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The time ran out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys
4: have to make a decision sooner. <laughs> 10 seconds to Sean. I go, go 14 here. seconds. I, I'll leave it up to you. And he goes, ah, I want to throw it back to you and talk each other's two seconds <laughs> It's unbelievable.
2: I had us what? poised there for what we were going to do. I just wanted to see if Ben would come out and say, take the fifth <laughs> receiver. Take well, Chris I mean, Godwin. It, I, I did want Godwin to Godwin. is tied Godwin. with those guys at the 3-4 turn <laughs> in your projections. He's tied he with Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Sean is
4: sick. The chat. I mean, I do this with him all the time, yeah. and it drives me nuts. But no, uh, <laughs> Fields is a good structural pick there. <laughs> the chat is having a rough time <laughs> with what just happened. This is un- – I mean, I couldn't handle it. I can't believe – and Sean threw it back to you 10 seconds left No, he threw it back with two And I was just done like, I had what my finger, tell you finger on
2: the button right there Right there well, I'm I don't not the think clicker, you got I would I have to communicate it Back to you well, yeah, in no, I mean, seconds we, we had our guy in the In the auto draft spot we didn't yeah. auto draft yeah. a third player. We didn't auto draft yeah. a third player is the point.
4: We nailed Justin Fields uh, with the auto draft. Oh, we get the little star on the board. The the first auto draft. It's it's you know, the asterisk
1: is there. <laughs> Sicko hot potato from Kevin. He wrote ping pong ping pong auto draft. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's kind of what we were doing. Yeah. Um it's beautiful though. I, I think Field structurally Look, I mean, God, you're right. In my projections, Godwin is right up there with Keenan Allen and Debo Samuel. I think he's way more talented than he's being given credit for, even considering the offensive issues. There's a lot of players that I think are less talented or have shown to not yet proven to be as talented as Godwin has consistently proven I- to be that are going ahead of him in questionable offenses. I don't understand the discount on Godwin. I do think you would have been a fine pick there, but I think structurally getting fields... Is a really pretty fun move there because we already have the four receivers. Now we have an anchor running back and we have an early QB. We're gonna have to be playing tight end a little later. Go ahead,
3: Pat. Can I press you guys a little bit on Godwin? Especially yeah. Since now? Well, you guys didn't take him, and I, you know, I have no skin in the game on this one. If you did, but he's just someone that I haven't been able to share the enthusiasm with. I mean, I like literally just took him about three minutes ago while you guys were drafting uh, in a in a slow <laughs> draft here. So. It's not like I'm out on him, but I took him there in the sixth round, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is sweet." But I don't really like the thing of you know he he's kind of the same value as the guys going at the previous turn. He he looks to me like in his statistical profile, like more of a volume play over the last couple of years. I, I'm actually a little bit nervous about him in terms of you know him coming off this ACL tear last year didn't really post the efficiency numbers we were looking for. Certainly that could rebound in the second year off of that. Um, But like what, what is the statistical case for him being that kind of like level of slept on talent? Cause he, in a number yeah. of the things that I look at, he didn't rate very well. I'll note one in particular, an open score last year, he was very poor. He had an open score of 42 last season, which, um, was like 90th among all wide receivers and tight ends. It was uh pretty poor just among the wide receivers as well. I've just yeah so yeah the the the
1: statistical case would be the statistical case would be that 2022 isn't indicative of who he was he was coming off a late season ACL tear this time last year during draft season we were talking about him missing a lot of the year it was a pretty big surprise that he actually played week one he talked after the Munich game against the Seahawks about that being the first game he trusted his knee. That was week 10. He played nine games prior to that and hadn't really trusted his knee. You also have Tom Brady. I mean, there's a lot of ways to put this. Sean, I think you put it the way that I like the most, which is to say that Sean, the that Brady might have actually held back this offense a little bit last year. Like he was a little bit, not to say washed up, but they. you said the last couple of years, Godwin's been an underneath sort of compiler. That's absolutely the case. Last two years, eight out of 7.6 and 6.0. The four prior years of his career, well, the, the two prior years, 10.3 and 10.1, that was sort of his middle prime. The first two years, 13.2 and 12.8, a, a higher than average dot as a rotational youngster when they still had like Deshaun, Watson, uh, Deshaun Jackson and they had Jameis Winston playing quarterback. He was rotating sort of with Deshaun Jackson. Uh, You know, as the other receiver opposite Evans, he at a a young age had a strong yards per target at those a dots in my projections. I have I use racer, which is the uh, air yard metric that is basically like yards per target. But it's how many air yards they convert into receiving yards. Um, But I also use a depth adjusted version of that. It's very similar to yards per target, as you were describing earlier, Pat, that at different a dots, the racer is going to track differently. So I adjust for the actual average depth of the target and then how many air yards did they convert at that depth. Godwin is well above average at all of his depths, including last year. At a 6.0 A dot, his yards per target was actually above average. Sort of like a mini version of the Amin Ross St. Brown stuff we were talking about. His yards per out run, not it was a career low last year, but I do think he was, you know, again, coming back from an ACL, playing earlier than he sort of should have been, and was still pretty good. A 1.76 yards per route run. Career-high 23.6 uh, targets per route run. Again, the low is going to influence that. But basically, he's a guy, I think, that's won at all depths. He's won as a deep rotational and deep threat early in his career. He won as, like, an intermediate, regular 10 ADOT guy. And then the last couple of years, I think m- more to do with Tom Brady than, like, his limitations was an underneath guy. And then especially last year after coming off the ACL, it's like, okay, we're going to definitely make you an underneath guy. But, like, still was pretty good in that role. And so, like, a lot of people are talking about, like, Michael Gallup. He's going to be a second year removed, yada, yada. Before Michael Gallup's ACL, he wasn't even good the two years before his ACL. 2019, uh, 2020 and 2021 were his two years prior. He tore his ACL in 2021. 2022, also not good coming back from the ACL. So it's a real question of, like, what you think he's getting back to two years removed from the ACL. I feel like Godwin doesn't get that benefit of the doubt just because – he played through like coming off the ACL played more than he should have and was still like pretty good. And so it's hard to be like, Oh yeah, 1.76 yards per out run. We need to discount that as well. But I think we do like other than that year, he's never had a yards per out run below 1.87 had multiple seasons over two multiple more seasons over 1.9. Like he's been a very good consistently good player at, at different depths and at different and in, in different roles And now the the big thing for me just is 2022, he was playing off an ACL. The second year off an ACL, he's the guy that I think we should be talking about. Second year off an ACL should be better than he was last year. And I I, I feel like that's not mentioned with Godwin. I don't know. Maybe that's mentioned a lot, but I feel
2: like it's not. I've made the case that I think the Brady has hurt both of their profiles in ways that tend to not get focused on because you have all of the passing volume with him, which is obviously very good. (laughs) And with Mike Evans, especially, you had this touchdown spike, which is very good and very important for fantasy. And so it's easy to miss the deterioration of other parts of their profile with Brady. And the thing with both of those guys is they're going to get a downgrade. They're going to get a bad quarterback. But I mean, these guys are used to playing with quarterbacks who have some pretty severe limitations. These aren't guys who are playing with superstars. And so I think that that almost offsets. Now, again, I mean, anytime you're playing with Baker Mayfield, you know what you? Yeah, one of one of my win. that's a big risk. But one of my rules
3: of thumb with the NFL is that it can always get worse. <laughs> yeah, it can always get worse. If you just I bet you bet your rule that was
4: was bet against Baker Mayfield because that would also well, be that, a good rule of thumb.
3: <laughs> that is starting to be a, a rule of thumb as well. But it's it's just like you know you're like, well, I don't know who Ian Book is, but certainly he. Can't be any worse than what we've already gotten. Oh God, the COVID yeah, the COVID the restrictions Brooke have came. now been repealed. That's
4: how bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad that was.
3: So I mean, I I'm a little skeptical that I I I don't disagree that like Brady was probably hindering them at the end, but that doesn't mean that someone couldn't
2: hinder them worse. I thought you were also alluding to the fact that it was always possible the Bears and Falcons might run fewer plays. <laughs> <And we just laughs> well, selected that, a quarterback that... where. <laughs>
3: That would hurt me. Uh, That would really hurt me. I'm, I'm building a portfolio that's like, that can't get worse, but maybe it does.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: People are talking about, like, Baker killed OBJ. I mean, I think those are different receivers. I think there was a really good study by Stephen Ruiz of the Ringer a few years ago during that OBJ breakup that showed that Baker really struggles in the deep intermediate range. I'm a little bit concerned about his fit with Evans for that regard, but he's actually good on, like, legit deep balls, and then he's, I think Baker, is, he's better, or shows to be at least a little bit better in the shorter area as well. OBJ very specifically did a lot of his work in that deep intermediate range. Evans does too, so I'm a little... More concerned about the fit for Evans. Godwin's the guy, again, can win at all depths. Like, unless you literally think Baker Mayfield can't complete a pass, I, I think Godwin will find somewhere to win. And if he can't complete a pass, they will bench him and they'll play. Like, yeah, it can, it can get worse because then they could try to play Kyle Trask and he could suck too. And they could just have the worst team in the NFL this year. Like, that definitely well, can Kyle happen. Kyle Trask might be like Mike Glennon in right. terms of the bad he is. Like, yeah. It, could, it be could be really, really bad. bad. I agree with that
2: but well, I still think there's a lot of really volume a competition there? based on what the actual players are seeing. Then it would be really bad. Yeah. Wait, sorry. What'd you that, say? Well, it just, it sounds like listening to the players that it's not even a real competition, which would indicate to you that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Trask is bigger. the
1: Trask is terrible. Like that Baker's easily going to win the job. And then obviously you're going to get like 10 bad passes, batted down at the line of scrimmage every game. Cause Baker can't throw over the line of scrimmage for some reason. But like, I don't know, man. Like, this team has nothing behind them. The only other guys you can even project for targets are Russell Gage and Kate Otten, and neither of them is, like, that inspiring. And there's not a lot of depth beyond that. I love Trey Palmer, day three pick. I mean, he actually has an open open runway because there's no one else down the depth chart. No running backs. They're not going to be, like, super run heavy. Like, we've been talking about that with Tampa's running game all offseason. Like, they don't really have anything. Rashad White obviously could be something, but he wasn't great last year, and he's the best bet, <clears throat> but nothing else behind that. Like, what else are they going to do but lean their offense into Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who are very clearly the best two players that they have on
3: the offensive side of the ball? So my concern with that would be – well, you guys should pick because we don't need a repeat of that.
1: Yeah. So we get – Pat Frymouth goes off the board and David Njoku right before us here. Frymouth is one I was interested in. Sean, our secret running backs went as well. Probably not that big of a secret. We are back up. There are a lot of fun receivers still. Jackson Smith and Jigba has gone – but we have Kadarius Tony at the top of the queue. Just kidding. Traylon Burks, uh, Jordan Addison, George Pickens, Jahan Dotson. I feel like Dotson might even be the one that I like the most. Just like really intriguing to me. Any of those guys sounds really fun. Where are you at on on this turn?
2: Well, we're not emphasizing the correlation plays nearly as heavily in our fun draft here, where we also 72 teams. That's what we have to beat, right? 72 teams. Yeah. So we're going to build the perfect roster. Once once you have J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields, you've got the perfect roster. So we're going to build the perfect roster and not worry too much. But I do like having Dotson opposite that Debo Samuel play. I like having him with the Week 15 with Garrett Wilson. The second guy here, I'm mean, going to think James Cook is kind of interesting. Give us a second running back. Pickens, Burks will be the other two plays. Ben, you and I have talked about how we still like Burks even with, and maybe even more for the upside after the DeAndre Hopkins signing, I mean, Pickens could end up, you know, being like wide receiver 15. You, you
4: love break James Breakout year if, two.
1: You love James Cook. If you want to take Cook, we got 10 seconds here. I'm comfortable with it. Structurally, we, I feel really good about the five receivers we've already built. A second running back here. When, Burks would be my pick for the wide receivers. We are going to take Cooks. I want to hear your
2: case. that. Oh. So, you know, you gave me a hard time. I was going to take the three seconds trail on Brooks right there. If you hadn't said, don't let it get under three.
4: Well, I mean, as soon as I told you, you could take Cook. You snap John. picked him. So he's, he's, in the, he's in the queue. Sean, I'm let you take Cook. Done. To- <laughs> you said I wasn't allowed to use the last three seconds. So I took yeah. <laughs> You shouldn't have told me to take a running back. It's all your fault. Sean notoriously has never. I'm so glad to I'm not on the team. Back. It's so stressful.
1: Sean. <laughs> Tell the people about James Cook. You've been really in on him. I want you to tell me about him, too.
2: Well, I think when you look at James Cook and you get the explosive numbers, you get the before contact, you get the after contact, you get e- interesting evasion numbers. Now, we know with the Bills that you're getting put in a situation where maybe there aren't as many defenders there. But I like to see these balanced profiles, especially in an offense or a situation where the team's kind of bet on this guy. And we get all the discussion about Damian Harris and Latavius Murray behind him. And yet, if we got a little bit of a move... In this bill's offense and if there was any truth at all which pat and i made a big trade where we gave up justin herbert and jamar chase which the jamar chase part i don't know i may move him up to number one in my super flex rankings because i just don't really want to have a qb up there i want to push back against all this anchor qb we made that move for josh allen and aj brown if you're gonna get aj brown back you're like okay we're, we're gonna make that move what, but if what we are get a lot less about right now, I'm talking okay, about he's... Josh Allen, Josh Allen's okay. profile. Is he going to run the ball? And if he doesn't, okay. and we actually get a few passes to the running back, this is going to be the time when. There we go. That...
3: With a quick aside for Jamar Chase, number one overall in Superflex I, yeah, Dynasty. Yeah, it was like, We're why are
2: we on Josh
4: Jamar Chase? Allen. I asked you about James Cook. What are we talking about Jamar Chase, number one overall in Superflex Dynasty for? This is a Josh <laughs> Allen point. <laughs> it's a James Cook argument.
2: Anyone James who wants Cook, to participate an in the. The RV triflex leagues jump in there. FFPC Dynasty is the best. It got is. FFPC stream going. FFPC Dynasty. Find your way over there. You can play superflex. You can take Jamar Chase number one overall if you. They report about the trade down.
4: But... my favorite part of the about the digressions is when. You convince me, and I'm like, yeah, i got to update my dynasty rankings. I definitely got to get Jamar Chase number one. Wait, <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about James Cook.
2: We were talking about James Cook. You get like five first-round picks if you trade down from the 101 to the 108 and let somebody else take Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. But if we get some of these dump-off passes to the running back, if we get a situation – we're talking about an offense that is either – I mean, an offense – that obviously is in that sort of top three group. But there's also the percentage that in any given year, they could gap the Chiefs. They could gap the Eagles. They could gap the Bengals. And that part of it would go through a dynamic pass-catching running back who was having to deal – I mean, when you're talking about the defenses, they're having to deal with all of these other things. They're having to deal with Stephon Diggs. Maybe then now they have to deal with Dalvin, with a Dante, Dalton, Kincaid. Obviously, you can still have to deal with Josh Allen – Cook's profile coming out of college was not at the level that they drafted him. And there are still going to be plenty of lingering questions, especially when he didn't light the world on fire as a rookie. But I guess I question this price on him when you're thinking about potential year two breakout upside for an explosive player in an explosive offense. When we get into this range and you're t- starting to think of zero RB candidates and who could be a massive league winner for you, I'm always looking at these guys who maybe are being faded just a tiny bit because they're not huge because they're fast as opposed to huge tackle breakers. That's given us a lot of big names, especially even for one or two years. But you think about a guy like, you know, Austin Eckler now Eckler brings some things to the table that I don't think James cook is ever going to bring, but I mean, you have these profiles that explode through when we're in this range. I just think you have to create some exposure.
3: I think he's more like Deandre Swift and a non-injured version non yeah hopefully non-injured version um but i think he does like for good for good and for bad you know he's he i think may have some of the same like tendency towards the explosiveness at a at a frustrating level for nfl coaches potentially Mm -hmm. um and that i think maybe makes him a little bit vulnerable to a latavius murray or damian harris probably harris uh taking a lot of like the early down stuff or short yardage stuff in a similar way to like Jamal Williams. But uh, if you told me a year ago that you could get Deandre Swift on the bills, I think we'd we'd be
4: like, Oh my God.
3: So, you know, that profile doesn't seem as fun after Swift has a injury plagued and, uh, you know, a season that his coaches literally give up on him and draft a, draft a clone. But, if he stays healthy and adds, you know, that explosive element like he did last year, I think Cook. I want to be overweight. It's like a risk. It feels a little risky, but I definitely want to be overweight and I I'm pretty solidly overweight on him so far in my best ball stuff.
2: So this is a profile that you feel very comfortable with in this price range.
3: For sure. Yeah. Um, I started to get a little bit, I think I was up at like 16% on him in my best ball portfolio. I'm down to 14% and that's like more kind of where I wanted to get, I was like, I don't want to get carried away with this because I could see it. I could see Harris consolidating in a singletary way because Harris, I think is a little underrated as a pass blocker and as a receiver, even he's been decently efficient as a receiver. And we've already seen them just be like, we we're going to go with the trustworthy guy. So I think there's like cook gets kind of sidelined risk, but there's also cook is a healthy Deandre Swift on the bills
2: upside so I don't see how you're not overweight. I'm not drafting with two million dollars, so maybe there aren't quite as many teams. Twenty-five percent <laughs> is that is that too high on James Cook? I don't think so. I
3: mean, he has got the upside to pay that off, so um, I, I would be fine with that. I personally, I just this the success rate on him scared me a little bit in conjunction with. Latavius Murray and Damian Harris both being very good in that metric, and that being kind of like your coach's trust approximation metric, you know. But he's a second-year player. So maybe he works on, you know, his reliability and and doing hitting the right hole, all that type of stuff. And like if he's hitting the right hole, like I mean, Damian Harris has no chance. Damian Harris has already been passed by a more talented running back. Like so I've had a I've had a hard time getting my exposure up on Cook
1: because he goes in a range where I'm always trying to get another receiver. Like I have a ton of Quentin Johnston because he's like, feels like the end of something, you know, the end of not necessarily the end of all of the upside receivers in the wide receiver window. Cause there's a couple guys after that that you could still go after, but the end of like the profiles I'm really excited about. I can talk myself into Elijah Moore. I've been talking myself into like Cortland Sutton even, but when Quentin Johnston goes off, that's when it's like, I got to talk myself into a guy instead of like, I'm excited to put this guy. Mm-hmm. And I and I take him a lot. And he goes right around Cook. And I take Burks and Pickens and, and those other Dotson. I don't know how you guys are getting so much Cook
3: is what I'm asking. Well, I kind of panic around round six and go, or sometimes <laughs> around five, and I'm like, I'm
4: gonna get locked out of receiver.
3: So then <laughs> by by round eight, I'm normally like I can afford oh. a running back pick here if I want. Um and sometimes <laughs> Cook falls. I mean, you can get Cook. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm not getting a lot of
2: drafts where it's a question of him versus a receiver.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Me neither. I tend to be. I'm not maybe keeping my eye
1: open. I'm maybe not keeping my eye
2: open to him a little bit too much. Let's talk about a few of these other teams. Our our team right now. I have Damian Harris above ADP as well, but he's the one where I actually have almost zero exposure for the reasons that Ben was mentioning. Interesting. I'm overweight on
3: him, but only at 10%. So
2: I'm I'm overweight
1: on him. Yeah, I take a lot of Harris. I don't, you, you, you well, like, I just, other I have guys? different,
2: yeah, different players in that range that always seem to be uh, a see, pretty clear it. cut pick. Got it.
1: I take a lot of Harris and I take less Cook as a result of what, what I perceive to be less opportunity cost with Harris. So that's interesting. And my other thing with the Kincaid pick, and I've talked about this on a few different pods, but I think there's a couple teams that have gone to where they want to be able to put two tight ends into the formation, force the defense to either stay in these light formations with the two deep shells that they've been doing, in which case they can do a two tight end run formation or put another linebacker on the field, in which case they can split out one of the tight ends. They have the ability. So I think the giants did it when they acquired Waller and they're going to do that with Bellinger a decent amount. I think that was the idea with Kincaid and Knox. I think that was the idea in new England. With Gasicki and Henry. And so I, I do think that the Bills taking Kincaid to some extent it will lead to some formations where they put two tight ends out there, the defense stays in the light boxes, and they decide to power run. And I think that will be more of a Harris or a Latavius Murray set. Not, not that this is like a massive point or anything. You guys are making great points about like if Cook is just better, then he's just gonna be better. But I feel like we might get a little bit more power running from Buffalo than we have in a long time. Their p- pass rate over expected has been way high, and it might be back at like five percent instead of nine percent or something. And it might be the bigger backs that are doing that. That's just like a, a reading the tea leaves with
3: the with the off season moves thing. That's interesting. I mean, the most fun way to play that for them is to is to do the explosive version and put Cook yeah. back there. Yeah, that's fair. And they and they're yeah. probably smart enough to do that. I, I just think and of Kincaid like, oh, is also ends. a, uh, I mean Kincaid. You know, keep we keep hearing it. He's basically a big receiver. So if you want, if if, if you're at a the 12, idea is the flexibility. Explosive, yeah. yeah, explosive, yeah. explosive twelve. Get ex, get yeah, explosive. Yeah, that's a good out of and Cook. That's a good I mean I don't know. That's, what that's the
1: way they. Do, that's they the way they probably not. will do it though. You're you're actually probably right. Sure, we are uh, on deck. We just had Samaje Pirine, Dalvin Cook, AJ Dillon go in this round. <clears throat> Michael Thomas, A. Flowers, Rashad Bateman were the last receivers off the board. couple quarterbacks have gone as well. Top of the ADPQ is Kadarius Toney, hilariously. Uh, or, I don't know. Maybe that's not hilarious. Zach Charbonnet, Chigakonqua, who is falling. Some more running backs. Rashad Penny looks interesting to me, Sean. What are you feeling right now? Well, I think we want to start
2: our tight end push. Okay. And it seems like we have a... RV slash ship chasing approved tight end ready to light the world on fire. Oh, he wants to roll right a clip. Clear. Pat, you better get a clip up. He's ready okay. to roll your clip. <laughs> All right. And then But the- wait,
1: let's 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 make let's make the second pick before we roll the clip. But the clip is gonna have to be in the queue. Sean
3: goes with Greg Dulcich. It's a forty four oh, second clip. So how much time do you have? Can I play the clip? Over time <laughs> no, we don't have time to play the clip. They'll give Over- you three seconds at least to talk it through. <laughs> yeah.
1: Over Dalton Kincaid there, which is uh, um, a little deviation from ADP, but uh, something we can talk about in a moment. Sean, we are down to 40 seconds with our second pick. I like the tight end pick there. We have five receivers. We've got the one quarterback. We now have one tight end. Do you want a double-top tight end? Do you want to get our third running back? I think both of our first two running backs have Week 13 buys. I'm just going to put that out there. It's not a huge deal, but it kind of makes me want to take Rashawn Penny.
2: Okay, Well, that's possible. I mean, it's hard. I mean, Rashad Penny may be the best running back in the NFL, playing for Philadelphia. He has always hurt. This is the end of kind of the wide receiver tier. Once Dobbs and Sky Moore are gone, you're going to then draft receivers with throwaway picks. Rashad Penny. You want to take Dobbs? Go for it. Or Sky Moore? Go for it. Sky Moore. Take Sky Moore.
3: I thought Sean wanted to take Penny there. I I need to work on my Sean. What, who did you really want to
4: take there, Sean? You, who, you want to take your, Sky? He want? I I know. But oh, I know Sky? Sean. I thought it was Penny. No, he wanted to. I wanted to have to take a Sean course. Okay.
2: And that'll do it for part one of our special Stealing Bananas Ship Chasing Pros versus Joe's draft with our special guest, Patrick Corain. So much fun to have him on the show. I love listening to Pat and picking his brain for all of these little insights. We're going to have him back on part two. The draft will continue. We will not time out in part two. I can promise that. Again, been so much fun. Appreciate you all listening in with us. I'm Sean Siegel. With me, as always, is Ben Gretch. You can follow at YardsPerGretch. Sign up for Stealing Signals. He has his projections post out. Sign up for Stealing Lines. Love to have you join us over at RotoBiz. The coupon code there is RV Radio RVRadio2023 for a 10% discount on your one year subscription colin kelly and i have king cap on this week in rotoviz overtime such a fun week drafting is into full swing we'll be back with part two love you guys talk to you soon